name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Good morning, everyone. Today, we are, you know, these days in the news, there's been a lot of, um, we always say there's, the news is always bad news. And when you look around the world and certain parts of the world right now, you can see <clears throat> devastation with a lot of people, you know, children dying and unfortunate things happening around the world and not just around the world but even here in our own country here but it's it's something that anytime you hear a story about a little child we all get touched because it's a child it's innocent person and children are you know they didn't do anything so we really get upset when little children are hurt and in the bible today <clears throat> something devastating happened to children i don't know if you're paying attention and by the way this is not to be scared or anything like that but let's just review what happened you know there there was a king king herod he met with the wise men and the wise men him have a conversation about you know there's a, a baby king to be born and of course herod wasn't happy about that so he tried to make it like he was working with the wise men just let me know when you find him so i can come and also worship him which was a lie of course but the wise men knew that it wasn't something that he wanted to help this baby to be born. So the wise men never went back. If you, if you listen to the story carefully, the wise men never went back to the King Herod and told him anything. <clears throat> what happens next is the most unfortunate thing that can happen. Is that King Herod took in his own hands the most unthinkable thing. It says here, he put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all his districts from two years old and under. He killed... 144,000 children because he wanted to find King Jesus, baby Jesus, to make sure he was one that was to be killed. And again, we, we, this is a most <clears throat> unfortunate story of, of death. And what did God do next? Does anybody remember the story? What did God tell the Holy Family? When we say the Holy Family, we always talk about Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus. What did God tell the Holy Family to do next? Go to Egypt. It's very relevant for us, and I'm going to tell you how today. Go to Egypt. Now, I think that we look at the story and we think that Joseph was very happy to go to Egypt. But the honest truth is, no, that wasn't part of his plans. His plans were ruined completely. And the Holy Family became like refu refugees, like going to a land of Egypt and, and, and staying there. And God sent a message to Joseph through a dream that, hey, go to Egypt, you'll be safe there. And in his mind, his plans were ruined because just like us, we have lots of plans and God tells us to do something different. And Joseph had lots of different plans and ideas. I don't think going to Egypt is one of them. And how do we know that? Because Egypt during that time, and I'm gonna say Egypt during that time so no one get offended to, with me today. Egypt during that time was known in the Old Testament as well, symbol, of sin, idolatry, and slavery. Egypt was a symbol then of sin, idolatry, and slavery. And if you remember carefully, we know that Moses went to Egypt to bring the people out of Egypt through 10 plagues. So we know Egypt wasn't part of the plan of Joseph. Egypt wasn't part of the plan. Joseph's plans were ruined. Joseph's plans are ruined. Just like sometimes our plan is ruined and it actually makes us very angry when our plans are ruined. If you're on a 
trip or a vacation and the vacation, the flight gets canceled. How do you feel? You're not jumping for joy. The flight gets canceled and you have to go somewhere else. You're not happy. Joseph wasn't happy. You know, if someone gets really sick in your house and it's not part of the plan, you have to go somewhere important, you get upset. If you're hoping for a snow day and it doesn't happen, you get upset. We'll, we'll see you about Tuesday, kids. Don't worry, we'll see you about Tuesday. But sometimes it doesn't happen and we get excited for a snow day. It doesn't happen. Our plans get canceled. Our plans get ruined. You make a plan with your friend. We're going to go do one, two, three. And your parents say, no, we're not going to do that. Your, your life is devastated because you don't get a chance to do what you want. So, so far in the story today, we see two things. Tragedy. 144,000 children being killed. Number two, we see God changing the plans. We thought we were going to go this way. God says, go this way. We thought we were going to get married to so-and-so. We get married. So we don't know. But what we come to the conclusion is this. There is tragedy. There is problems. God does change our plans. But we do know also something else. And you know this and I know this. God is still in control. And that's what I wanted to... Like the holy family going to Egypt, there's a plan. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. There's a plan why the holy family went to Egypt. But we have to realize something. If you have your Bibles, open with me from your Bibles. Proverbs 19.21 says this. Proverbs 19.21 says this. Many are the plans in the mind of man. Many, we have many plans. Many are the plans in the mind of man. But it is the will of the Lord that will be accomplished. What is that telling you? Proverbs 19.21. Keep that verse close to you. Keep that verse close to you. Many are the plans in the mind of men. Many of the plans we have. You have plans, you have dreams, you have hopes. But, it is the will of the Lord that will be accomplished. So God's in control. God's got the plan. They didn't plan to go to Egypt. But there's a reason why they're going to go to Egypt. There's a reason why. And when you have a plan, and when you have a... And the problem is, we think we are in control. And that's why we get anxiety and worry. We're in control of everything. We think we can control everything. But we, it's not only supposed to be for us to hold it in our hands. That's an illusion. God's in control. God is leading. God has a plan. I always like to revert, not just to that Proverbs verse, but Isaiah 55. Also turn with me, Isaiah 55. I want you guys to see in the scripture the truth. Because sometimes we forget the truth. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Isaiah 55, 8 9 says this. You know this one. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. You know what God is saying there? He's saying my way is the right way. My thoughts are the right thoughts, not your thoughts, not your dreams, not what you want to hold in control. So I think that we, we hear God saying all this to us. Many are the plans of man, but God's will will be accomplished. Egypt, a place of idolatry, a place of sin, a place of plagues. Not today, I'm just saying back then. This is what the... Why? Joseph is probably thinking, why? Why go there? Give me somewhere else to go. But I, I think that the end conclusion here is, God brings victory through tragedy. And I know no one wants to hear that. 144,000 children died. No one likes that. You might have a problem. You might have something that you... You might have a plan that you want and didn't happen. You're dreaming of something that's not happening right now. But through that problem, tragedy, situation, comes victory. Here is what really happened. Why Egypt? The visit of our Lord Jesus 
to Egypt is the only country visited by Jesus outside of the Holy Land. Egypt was one of the only countries that Jesus visited. Why? He wanted to fix what happened with Moses and the plagues. There was a plague on Egypt. Remember that? Jesus went there to restore and prepare Egypt and heal from those plagues. And not only that, we know clearly years later after Jesus, about 40 years later after Jesus visited Egypt, somebody else visited Egypt. Who, who was that? Mark. He visited Egypt. But you know, Jesus is going in first was really important. There's a tradition, an ancient legend, tradition, it's also biblical, that when Jesus came into Egypt as a baby, what happened to the idols that were there in Egypt? Who remembers? What happened to those idols? Those idols came tumbling down. And if you have your Bible still open, open with me Isaiah 19. I want to show you, biblically, what happened to Egypt when Jesus entered Egypt. Isaiah 19, verse 1. Behold, the Lord rideth upon a swift cloud and shall come into Egypt. And the idols of Egypt shall be moved at his presence and the heart of Egypt shall meet in its midst, the midst of it. As soon as Jesus went in there, idols, sin. Jesus was going to prepare and clean Egypt for the future. 144,000 children had to be killed. And this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. And Joseph said, I'm not going to Egypt. It's a place of sin. He said, you're going to Egypt. And there's a purpose behind it. So maybe our plans are ruined, but God has another plan. Here, we can tell that God went in. And all the idols, and all the adultery, and all the sins went down. There's a, another verse in Hosea 11.1. 1. I want you to know these verses. I'm going to give you two more verses about Egypt because it's in the Bible. Hosea 11.1. 1. When Jesus came into Egypt, he actually left Egypt eventually. Do you know what it says about him? Look at Hosea chapter 11 verse 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. So my son is coming out of Egypt. I'm sending him in Egypt to destroy the idols, destroy the sin, prepare the way for the future, and I'm going to send him out. It's, it's clear biblically here in Isaiah 19.1, Hosea 11.1. But even better, I was just visiting, like I told you before, I was visiting Egypt recently, and people told me to go to a place called Ma'adi. You guys know a place called Ma'adi? And in there, there was found... Some years ago, a Bible opened up floating on the water. And it was during troublesome time of Egypt. Do you know what verse? That it was, you know, Bibles are not supposed to float, supposed to sink. What was found there was Isaiah 19.25. Listen to this. Isaiah 19.25 said, Blessed be Egypt, my people. What am I trying to say here? I'm not just, this is not just a day to, to, to tell you all about Egypt. This is a day to tell you that God is in control. There's devastation of children dying. God changes plans, but then he sends the holy family to Egypt. Why? Why send them to Egypt, the place of sin? Because he wanted to bless Egypt. He wanted to remove the idols of Egypt. He wanted to prepare the way so St. Mark would be there in Egypt. You know what he wanted to do? It's so personal to us. This church would not be here today if Jesus didn't go in that time. Jesus went into Egypt as a baby to prepare that place so that later, Mark, the apostle, 
would come in and change everything. And that's why we're here today. The Church of Alexandria, the Church of Egypt, is the Coptic Orthodox Church. I'm not here just to promote these things for you, but the main point is, you know where God wants to go? God wants to go where there's darkness, sin, evil, problem. Guess where that is? Right here. Right here. Our hearts. So he went into Egypt, a place of sin, to clean it and purify it. Guess what he wants to do today in the liturgy? He wants to come into our hearts. And this is, this is Egypt today. By the way, this is Egypt today. He wants to come into our Egypt and clean it and purify it and heal it. And maybe, by the way, change some plans. And maybe, by the way, we will see victory from this tragedy, from our problem. Victory comes because God is in control. I think you know why we, we get worried and we have anxiety and we have fears is because we forget God is in control. Again, I just want to say one thing about the fruits of why Jesus came into Egypt and his plan. Do you know this? And I know you're going to say, yes, I know this, but just listen to this. Did you know this? St. Mark, when he came to Egypt, after Jesus came to Egypt, there was a lot of firsts. Listen to this. According to the apostolic churches and tradition, St. Mark's home is known as the first Christian church. Did you know that? The first church ever was known to be St. Mark's house. Did you know that St. Mark was the first one to write down a liturgy that we pray today. Did you guys know that? And the liturgy was later used by another pope, Pope Cyril. So we have the St. Basil liturgy, which we do here. I don't know if you attended Christmas. That was the parts of it were the Gregorian liturgy, St. Gregory. And there's a third one called St. Cyril. Pope Cyril wrote another one that came from St. Mark. Do you think that would ever happen if Jesus didn't come first? into the land of Egypt to clean it, purify, prepare it. Another first. So it's first church. First what? What's the next one? First what? Liturgy. And in your Bibles, there's four Gospels. You know the first one was written was which one? St. Mark. Another first. I love it because Egypt, this is my time to promote Egypt. I love Egypt because I just came from there. But I just want to tell you, the first church, first liturgy, first gospel, but that's not only it. It became, during the early centuries, the first and main, one of the main centers of Christianity. They had Jerusalem, they had Rome, they had Constantinople, they had Antioch, but they had Alexandria. One of the main centers of the Christian faith was, was Alexandria, Egypt. Did you know that during the Nicene Council, there was a young man, a deacon, who is there, named what? Athanasius, who helped defend our faith. He was from Egypt. Do you know that Athanasius wrote on the Incarnation, which the whole world uses to know the purpose of the Incarnation of Christ. Do you know he wrote about another saint, Saint Anthony, who is in the deserts of Egypt, who is called the father of all monasticism and monks. It started in Egypt. What I'm trying to tell you is this. It all started with a tragedy. It all started with 144,000, and we don't want 144,000 people to die. 
But during that tragedy, God changed the plan and sent Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus to Egypt to prepare, to bless, to heal, to reconcile, and to prepare the way for St. Mark, the Church of Alexandria, and all the great St. Anthony, St. Athanasius, St. Clement, St. Cyril, Origen, St. Pachomius, and all the great saints that you know today. And when you go to Egypt, every other corner when I was there, they said, this saint is here, this saint is here. And it was like every corner of saints. It's because of a tragedy. Because God changed plans. So what I'm trying to say today in conclusion, tragedy will happen to you and to me. Problems will happen to you and me. Your plans will be changed by God. He is in control. But at the end comes victory from this tragedy. God is definitely in control. When you pray today in liturgy, you say, God, I trust you. I do have worries. I do have anxieties. I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know why you're making me wait. I don't know why my plans are being canceled. But I trust you. I need you. You're in control. And just hold on to whatever you're facing because something beautiful is coming out of it. I just told you what happened out of Egypt. So many beautiful things came out of it that it started with a great tragedy. Let's pray for that, whatever we're facing. And we are facing stuff. Victory and beauty will come from there. Let's pray the rest of liturgy to say, God, I trust you. You're in control of my life. Glory be to God forever. Amen.